Borak Thongerklets! My name is Conrad, and welcome to another in our series of Space Spinner 2000 collected episodes. Our goal with these is to collect our coverage of 2080 thrills and storylines in one place, so you can easily listen to them in one go. They're a great accompaniment to reading the 2080 collections that Rebellion publishes, or just hearing us talk about the good stuff without being interrupted by the other stuff. Ray! This time, we're going all the way back to Prague 1 with the Harlem Heroes. From their vaunted spot batting cleanup in the very first edition of 2000 AD, the heroes kept the game alive until Prague 27 when they flew off into the sunset to go get their motorcycles. The script droids were Pat Mills and Tom Tully, the art robots Dave Gibbons, Carlos Trigo, and Massimo Bellardinelli, and the lettering robots were Dave Gibbons, Bell Nut Bill Nuttall, and John Aldrich, and Peter Knight. And it seems like Prop 22 was done by an unknown art team, which is interesting to say the least. I mean, you can find it in both print and digital versions in The Complete Harlem Heroes, which also contains the Inferno storyline from the Rebellion web store or your preferred bookseller. Can the heroes prove their fame? Don't miss next week's thrilling game! I say this a lot, but I love a sports comic. It's so different from anything we have here in the U.S., in the era that Harlem Heroes debuted in the UK, there was a wide variety of comic genres. War, sports, horror comics, even this monolithic of concept of girl comics I can barely wrap my head around. But by 1977 in the US, we pretty much just had superheroes as our mainstream comics. So for me, it's really awesome just to see sports action in comic form. It's just so unusual, I guess. And of course, the heroes don't disappoint. This first run especially manages to keep the action mostly on the field and about the game instead of just using the team to become like a de facto adventuring party, I guess, as other sports comics we've seen do in 2000 AD. Also, I think it's pretty bold to have a comic in your launch issue that features an entirely African-American cast. It's a move I'm not sure a U.S. comic company would have pulled at the time. Though, I am not sure about these rhyming endnotes for each uh, episode in the prox. Uh, some things to look for when reading Harlem Heroes. I'd say the variety of teams. The, the heroes travel the whole world, and in their 27 progs, they play a bunch of really different, fully realized teams. From kamikaze Japanese, from a kamikaze Japanese team to the terrifying Gorgon's Gargoyles. The art, of course, is generally amazing. Dave Givens especially tends to start issues with big splash pages that can be kind of unusual for 2000 AD, but really work in establishing the hero's world. With that in mind, let's get to the comics! Episode 1. Progs 1-5. to February and March 1977. Thrill 5. Harlem Heroes. Fuck. This is amazing. This... Dude, you, you know it is. Prepping me for this, and I'm I'm gonna let you take it away. But this is <laughs> Aeroball, the sport of tomorrow. Oh God, it's, Aeroball is basically like a full contact basketball with jetpacks. It's it's real good. Kung Fu basketball. <laughs> One of the best teams in Aeroball, the Harlem Heroes, out of New York City, and they are. It's like a seven man team. They do yeah, you know, jetpack basketball. It's funny because they're like an all-African-American um, team, which seemed unusual to me, I guess, for a 1977 yeah, yeah. UK comic, you know? But I don't know. It, yeah, it's just like, I don't want to cast aspersions or something. No, and they but, kept it. They kept yeah. most of the, in fact, all of the main characters. Yeah, it's just an interesting choice. Or something I don't even know if you'd see that in, like, 
a modern sport comic or something. But this is set in the year 2050 after winning a big game against, I forget who they, they play initially, whatever. After winning one game, the Harlem Heroes pack into their road liner, a big uh, hover bus, <laughs> and, it, and it crashes. And only four of the seven team members survive. And one of them, Lewis, is just like a brain in a jar. Lewis Meyer, five five five. Yeah. So it leaves the re- the three remaining able-bodied uh, te- uh, heroes, uh, Giant, Slim, and Harry, to recruit some new players, including retired veteran Conrad King, which I was pretty excited about. Who's awesome? The guy named Conrad. Yeah. Uh, and and then young hothead Zach, and then they kind of get to. Uh, transfers or whatever (laughs) yeah that was a very hand-waving moment yeah but so the team manages to win their first game they beat the baltimore bulls which is a team of police officers which is like weird somehow commentary on like 2016 american politics somehow which is i don't know how it happened it's pretty great yeah and but at the end they get a spiffy new hover bus from slightly shady millionaire Ulysses Cord. Oh, I have things about you. And he wants them to win the championship for the USA. And with that, the boys are off to Russia. <laughs> that that is a very fine recap with what goes on in that. I do my best, you know. Uh, I'll tell you this much. But yeah, man, Harlem Heroes. What do you think? Ah, oh, man, I, this was another really, really great thing to read. Uh, if you if you've ever really liked sports movies. Like, you know, if you're a Mighty Ducks fan, this is going to harken back to some of that. It's definitely got <laughs> yeah. those conventional standards of bringing on yeah, the loner and bringing the mm-hmm. team together again. Yeah. yeah. I haven't read a lot of sports comics, so it's like, like honestly, most of my sports comics, like, exposure is in, like, 2000 AD yeah. and stuff. And it's an interesting kind of genre or something, because, like, Prague 4 and 5 are basically just... Murder? They're just the game. But the, oh, the, oh, oh, sorry, I'm getting up. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. Just, it's just them. It's just like this is a game of like arrow ball being played. You yeah, know? I um, I loved it. It was uh, it was you know your story arcs are kind of complete after a page, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean it's very this one Har- Harlem Heroes especially is very fast. Like I think they get like five pages per prog, and so it's very like something happens and then it's resolved and then they go on. You know. Yeah. I, and I, before we move on to Ulysses Cord, okay. which should very much be discussed, uh, it's not like this is devoid of action, right? So we're talking about a sports game. No. We said, like. It's full of action, people bouncing into each other, knocking each other out and stuff. They do karate chops, they do, like, uh, uh, feint kicks, and, like, all of this other stuff. It is, like, people beat the hell out of each other, and what sets the yeah. Harlem heroes apart from everyone else apparently is they don't wear armor to wear to weigh them down they're very yeah no they just have jetpacks so they're faster than everybody else yep <laughs> it's good so let's talk about how this thing wraps up because ulysses cord is uh is racist he's like um if you brought if you personified um what's his name shoot Oh, oh if, if 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 you personified Apollo Creed's uh, boxer trunks, yeah, and then sort of multiplied it by like Don King, basically, yeah. But Don King didn't even exist yet, so it's hard to sort of square it exactly. Yeah, it's but but like the heroes win their game, and as they do, they come like this guy comes out. He looks like he's court. He's a, he's like a multimillionaire. 
he's wearing uh, an Uncle Sam suit, basically. Yep. And I think he, he's a, a, an African American guy too, yes. for, kind of. And he's got like glass. He's got like these big glasses and like white hair with like mutton chops and stuff. And he's like, "You guys are gonna win this one for America." But what I love about it is, it, so it, they definitely set him up to be kind of a questionable character almost immediately when you see him, uh, which I yeah. think is great. That's a really good thing about comics is you see before you read, right? Yeah. Um, but Giant has a panel that you can clearly see on the other side where he's clearly thinking, right? And it's kind of in that same weighted position. And it's because mm-hmm. it's it's supposed to clearly draw you to the fact that, like, you know, Giant, the leader of the team, probably doesn't really trust this dude because they're the... And he says so. We're the underdogs. We won one yeah. game. Like, why are we given this super liner? Why are we being sent to do the world championships? Because why, Conrad? We'll see, man. Well, so that's the thing. Like they allude to it. Like the uh, the driver, uh, yeah, uh, Lewis, it could be... actually says that it was a sabotage attack on her. Yeah, that. Yeah, like yeah, they imply like somebody maybe Cord is responsible for the attack on the uh, on the on the heroes' uh, bus liner, all that stuff. Yeah, they know they're sort of they're setting up a two two dramas basically. The one that is just like playing the game and trying to win the championship. And the other one that's finding out who's responsible for the bus crash and all the all the members of the team dying and stuff. So you will get a good amount of content. I really yeah. enjoy. It. There's a lot going on. It's very it's it's really awesome. And like the heroes go go through two two thousand AD a fair amount. Later they sort of spin off. And they play a different game that involves like motorcycles and oh, stuff called awesome. Inferno. That that that's kind of crazy. And then because this is uh, twenty fifty where this takes place. There's actually I'm gonna I'll spoil you a little bit (laughs) by saying that sometime soon uh, the son of the main Harlem hero giant will be an a apprentice judge under our sixth thrill thrill six yes Judge Dread yes (laughs) episode two prog six to ten April 1977 thrill three. Harlem Heroes. And they're starting to learn how to structure these <laughs> to make me happiest. <laughs> yeah. Well, this one had, yeah, because there were basically, over the three progs of this one, we saw two arrowball matches, which is pretty cool. Oh, man, yeah. First, they took, first the heroes took the uh, Transatlantic Tunnel, uh, which began construction in 2010, you'll be happy to know, <laughs> to to fight uh, the Siberian Wolves, this Russian team. Oh, and we also get the first hint of world building once we get to dread about this, because they reference them. Mm-hmm. And in Harlem Heroes, I guess they do say Mega City 1. Yeah, they, yeah. Harlem Heroes is Mega City 1. I mean, like I, th- I, th- I think I said this week, uh, the two are explicitly linked. Like, I think, like, yep. um, Giant Sun will be a, 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 a judge at one I'm point. really excited about that. Yeah. But so we, so we play this game against the... Uh, Against the Siberian Wolves in their arrow ball, ball stadium that's even bigger than the Kremlin. Oh, that's still right. has they all those like onion domes Russia. and stuff. Oh yeah, like, it's nineteen seventy-seven, man. <laughs> like you just got to assume Russia's going to be there forever. <laughs> but so the thing about the Siberian Wolves is that they have like thirty people on the team or something like that. So it means that they play like suicidally because if one of them dies or gets knocked out or something like that, then another person can just come in and take their place on the team, you know? It's pretty nuts. And they this is all about those people dying horrible, gruesome deaths. 
like <laughs> these next are two. It's definitely a lot of like people like yeah, like smashing head first into walls and things like that. It's pretty excellent. And then, but the the other big thing besides the the actual game is that midway through, uh, Giants uh, jetpack breaks. That's right, and it gets launched towards the ceiling. Yeah. It's sabotaged, and he's got to bail out and, like, free-fall his way down to safety and stuff, which is pretty cool. And this is sort of the second mentioning of sabotage, right? Like, they, they yeah. still have this common theme of reminding the people reading that the bus was definitely sabotaged. At least that's what yeah. they think. Uh, there hasn't been, like, any evidence or anything like that. They're just like, we think this, but, you know, just watch Yeah, it. but their, their teammate, who, uh, who's, the br- who's just a brain, seems to be pretty sure about it. Yeah. And I, I believe him. I don't know. Yeah, he seems like a pretty nice dude. I don't think he'd just do that. And certainly it's starting to get yeah. consistent with other really intense turns that this comic takes later. <laughs> yeah, because after, after the heroes win against the, uh, the wolves 3-1... to one, we uh, learn about a new threat coming the hero's way. Gruber! Really, really gross cyborg. <laughs> yeah, he's a... Uh, Gruber's this cyborg assassin who wants to destroy the Harlem heroes. For unknown reasons. Uh, oh, no, no, wait, because he biffed it. He, like, ate crap, and he blamed Yeah, he was, it. like... Yeah, he, like, lost... Yeah, he, like, was killed or injured or something, like an air ball match in his sworn revenge. But as cyborgs go, he's pretty he's pretty gnarly looking. Like oh, he's, yeah. his his face is like a skull, basically, <laughs> and like uh, his head is like cylindrical. Like he doesn't have like a round top of his head. He's got like a square top yeah, of his yeah. head, like to protect more of his brain, I guess. I you know it's for aesthetic reasons. I think for the most part, <laughs> he's just really <laughs> likes pill shaped heads. I mean, it, this suit yeah. did cost him eight million dollars from mysterious benefactor. Yeah, that's two million dollars more than uh, cyborgs from the nineteen seventies. <laughs> Amazing. But so Gruber follows the heroes to Mexico, where they go to play the Montezuma Mashers, which is like team. a decadence cult. Yeah, it's cool, man. Everybody's got all this. Um, they show the stank like. The whole, like, the Arabal Stadium is this huge, like, stepped pyramid and stuff. And all the people wear crazy, um, like, jaguar masks and sort of Aztec-themed wear yeah, and things like that. definitely more on the gaudy side. Like, it's meant to be this high society, like, decadence party where you just watch Arabal, which, you know, from my count so far is a fairly fucking dangerous thing to watch. Yeah, but, you know, you it's cool to watch things that are dangerous, man. That's like... The point of being a rich guy, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, just, you know, being being near where a jetpack or a man with a gun might be is kind of intense. <laughs> right, so that's the big thing, is that Gruber's also in the stands with, like, a blaster rifle, basically, taking pot shots at the heroes. It's pretty funny, because the first time he, like, shoots one of them, one of the... Montezuma's mashers gets hit and nobody even notices it. Yeah, everyone's just like, oh, he's falling, and no one, like, and the laser beam came from over there. It was just like, oh, crap, that guy got shot. Yeah, no one even really notices. The, no one makes a big deal about the laser beam, really. Like, they just keep playing and stuff. I mean, I guess it's just a hardcore sport. Totally, I guess, yeah. Like, after the, It's after the second shot that, like, Giant flies down at the stands and does a double foot drop oh, right, right in his face. But he still gets up. He doesn't give a crap. Yeah, well, they, the heroes can't risk trying to attack him in the stands because the jet wash from their jetpacks oh, right. could like burn people and stuff. So the story ends with 
I believe the heroes up 1-0 against the Montezuma Mashers and Gruber escaping into the stands. Uh, and also the Montezuma guy being dead. They are down one person. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, there's no coming back from, like, falling from a burning jetpack face first into a stand. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not super interested in the fate of secondary <laughs> error ballers, frankly. <laughs> Especially with how many Russians died previous. I mean, a lot of Russians. At least, like, five Russians died. It was died. a lot. Like, it was an <laughs> obsessive amount. They really wanted to show how gruesome this sport could be this, yeah. this round. But I, I really love the art for these issues. Like, Harlem Heroes has a really clean art style. And look, it looks really great when they do, especially, like, establishing shots and stuff. Things like the transatlantic tunnel or, like, the, the stadium. Oh, yeah. the, the mashers and stuff. Well, the, you also got the Harlem Heroes Superliner inside cut. Oh, yeah. That was really cool. Like, it was at the back of the uh, of Prog 6, and it was just this full-color thing of just, like, the different areas within it and little blurbs. Mm-hmm. And also introduces uh, a running theme now throughout the Harlem Heroes. There is at least one rhyme in every yeah. single one. <laughs> Yeah, when we when we pass a speed cop, you should see him curse. Our bus goes so fast, man. He thinks he's in reverse. <laughs> like they really, they had to make someone wisecracking, and they had to make sure that it was like these really, like okay rhymes. But they're not. They you don't know, sound like really awesome. You know. No, I, I don't. I, I don't. I don't really. Like, there's a lot going on with that, with this kind of oh, thing. Oh, yeah. No, that's I don't exactly get into what I mean. It's like, well, because the, the first five, they were, like, there wasn't any, like, over-characterization. They were just them, and they, like, text wasn't written in some special way, and you were still feeling connection for these people. Yeah. Now it's like, oh, we've got to make sure that they're, like, a character. Yeah. It's true, you know. Uh, but it's also... It's a balancing act. I don't know. Yes, but I don't know. It was weird. It was weird seeing that... Not that I still didn't like it. A lot of people got punched in the. Oh my yeah, there's a lot of there's so much face punching. And I may be padding time. Like I really, you know, we could talk about Harlem Heroes for another. Day. Episode three, Progs eleven to fourteen, May nineteen seventy seven. Thrill three, Harlem Heroes. Oh, yeah. So pretty good um, hero stuff this week, I think. I think um, so too. Or it, and it's pretty match heavy as well. Just a lot of like oh, stuff yeah. going on in the actual events. But like, like first, oh please. Okay. Oh, so first we continue the match from last week with the uh, against the Montezuma's mat- Mashers, where that cyborg guy Gruber is attacking the uh, heroes. Mm-hmm. So Gruber grabs a jetpack and he manages to uh, smash into one of the secondary heroes, Sammy, basically ending Sammy's arrow ball career. Yep. And this inspires the heroes to go on a scoring rampage. And they beat the Mashers by 14 points, which is an unheard of amount. And then Giant shit talks a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, Giant grabs the camera and, like, yells at whoever's behind this. And, like, we'll take you down. But then whoever is behind it sits in this, like, chair, Dr. Claw style. And is like, yes, this was my plan all along. So awesome. (laughs) So after that, we take a quick detour Back in Harlem to the uh, Museum of Sport, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty was was a really neat like sort of future, which has some pretty neat like you know future world stuff. Oh yeah, like a big example is like there's two big statues of boxers in the Museum of Sport, mm-hmm. and on one side it's like Muhammad Ali, and on the other side 
It's some al- it's some alien dude. <laughs> Who was oh it's Rocky, the mutant heavyweight champion. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I thought that was really funny. Formula One racers like at the bottom, and then yeah. to go up the the cars just get stranger and have treads and stuff, and it's like what? Yeah, and then like there's a bunch of like um like winners of like all the three minute milers and yeah. stuff like that, and it's just like a neat like oh look at this future stuff you know. There's and that's when we oh go ahead. There's one last one at the very end called spinball. I want to yeah. That is. Who knows? Some future future sport, I'd imagine. <laughs> but so we learn about the heroes' next opponents, the uh, Flying Scotsman. Then these guys are badass for all sorts of historical reasons. They really yeah. go in depth. So yeah, so we get a whole backstory mm-hmm. about the whole Flying Scotsman, where apparently once all the oil in Scotland dried up, there was nothing for the native Scots to do but get into Arrowball, building their their home stadium from disused oil derricks. Yep. But we aren't playing there, apparently. It's a home game for the heroes and the next match for the Arrowball Championship. And while we're in the Museum of Sports, too, we meet um, Angus, the, uh, <laughs> the, like the, the captain of the... Or not, not Angus, I'm sorry. Red McCardle. Oh, damn, that's right. The captain of the Scots. T- and, like, Red and Slim from the Harlem Heroes get in, like, a, a, a tussle at the museum. So now there's, now there's bad blood and um, which I, I really didn't understand what caused the tussle. He didn't really seem to be a, being a total jerk or anything. It was like he like like they were like while the heroes were in like a uh, holographic simulation of the history of Scottish Arrowball. Like Red like buzzes them with his jetpack, and they're like, "Hey man, like get out of here!" And he's like, "Yeah, we're gonna beat you." <laughs> and then Slim like punches him in the in the stomach. And it sends red flying, and so now it's like bulletin board material, and everybody's pissed. You yeah. Know? <laughs> but so game gets started. Oh man, this is cool. And the Scots get to an early six-zero lead thanks to their tough, violent play style, oh, yeah. based based sort of on the on the personal beef between Slim and Red McArdle. So at halftime, uh, Lewis, the brain in a jar member of the team. So suggests awesome. yeah suggests a new strategy that the heroes employ their uh, their old school methods of being fast and unpredictable which I thought was their trademark in the first place but you know whatever <laughs> but with this new um, play style the uh, her- the heroes pull back at pu- pull back to a t- to a six six tie at the end of the game mm-hmm. but because they're in a knockout elimination we end these progs on the verge of a one-on-one arrow ball match to decide the winner. Uh, first to score or make their opponent quit wins. Yeah, quit. There's some kung fu gonna happen. Yeah, we'll see. You know that the continuation of this match is is in the next ba- uh, batch of progs. Oh, so so, awesome. so there's some good stuff in for for the heroes this week. Um, there's a lot of like world building, especially mm. with Scotland, which I think is pretty interesting. Yeah, that was. I liked how in depth they went. It really like because you you get the sense within two issues or so, like, how intense they are about their team because they get, like, a whole, like, I would say quarter, uh, yeah. just, like, Scotland every time they, like, score. It really reinforces this. Yeah, and we see a bunch of stuff with their, like, um, o- like how they open the um, their match by, like, using... Um, their their jetpacks to like reenact like a uh, an oil derrick like hitting a gusher and stuff like that. Yeah, it like, really captures cool. it. That, I don't know. Like 
all of the story stuff was really great. I'm glad that, I mean, we're, we now know that there are stakes, like Sammy's down, and he was one of the, yeah. like, kind of recurring characters who spoke. Um, yeah, we're starting to see some more stuff with the, yeah, sort of with this, like, with, this, with the larger overarching plot of the heroes and stuff like mm-hmm. that, of sort of making it be, like, relating to a bunch of them dying in the first issue and then the upcoming series and stuff. So it's interesting to see it go, for sure. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, especially that this, this series has the most continuity, uh, I mean, in general, right? Like, of the yeah. there. And I like the Giants taking a stance. I like that, you know... Uh, it's very clear, like, that they play better when they're angry and united. Uh, mm-hmm. You're getting, like, a nice little bit of, of uh, edge to this, rather. I mean, it's a, it's a thing about what is a future sport, right? Like, yeah. And we're talking about it as though it's a drama because it's really, really great drama. Yeah, it's dramatic, you know? Yeah. Episode 4. Progs 15 to 18. June 1977. Bill 3. Harlem Heroes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, buddy. I'm starting to really like this series. Yeah, my only problem with Harlem Heroes really is that I wish, like, the cadence of the matches matched up with the months so that, like, each episode of this podcast would just be one (laughs) match with Harlem Heroes instead of sort of being half of two matches, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. You get this dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially this week with the mutants. Yeah, but otherwise it's so good. So when we last left off, um, we were in a sudden death match at the end of, or at a sudden death um, round at the end of the match between the Flying Scotsman and the heroes, and they were gonna, they had to randomly draw to see who would win, who would fight in this one-on-one uh, contest. And of course, that's, it's Zach. That's, yeah, it's Zach who had sort of a uh, fight with with the uh, with the winner for the Scottish side, Red McArdle sort of be before the um, match started. This is sort of their showdown, you know what I mean? Yeah, which is awesome. Yeah. Are high. Yeah, there's some pretty good arrow ball. Zach ends up winning through sheer grit and determination. So in the end, there's no hard feelings, and the Scots and heroes part as friends. And the Scots will have a chance to make it into the next round, however. Or, they get so great. Yeah, so, so they should be, so they might be able to make it to the next round. Good times. This takes us to uh, the Heroes' next contest, which is League Match, so not part of the Arrowball Championship, because mm-hmm. they're kind of using, um, like, English football rules, where, you know, you play in your league, but also there's, like, the Euro Cup and stuff that, that you play for as well. Right. And so this time they're going up against Gorgon's Gargoyles, which... which yeah. <laughs> and they're a team of uh, crazy android robots with human skin stitched on. So it's basically like a team of uh, Frankensteins. One of them really looks like the Hulk. There's some, there's, a, there's, a, there's some Hulky ones. There's some zombie ones. Yeah. There's a lot. Like, they're very sort of like like uh, cyborg zombie looking guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, the the mysterious villain, unhappy at the level of violence in the hero Scott, Scotsman game, uh, has had the evil cyborg Gruber's face and body changed to make him look like Joe Ugg, Ugg, the Gargoyle's best player. <laughs> so now Grouper is like infiltrated the match playing as one of the uh, Android guys. Which, you know, I, he just throws him into a computer, I guess. Which is how he just breaks him. Yeah, he just, he, he, Grouper like knocks out the guy he's impersonating. 
but yeah, by just throwing him through some random stuff, <laughs> then takes his place, you know? Hey, man, it's easy work when you're a super-powered mutant, I guess, or exactly. android. <laughs> yeah, they're, these guys are androids, apparently. Bizarre. <laughs> so, like, the match starts with Gruber trying to peg the, uh, one of the heroes in the face, mm-hmm. just to take him out early, but it doesn't work. Um... And things sort of settle into a normal match as Kruger sort of bides his time. Yeah, it definitely felt, uh, I don't know, I like. I really liked the shots where they were just completely decimating everything, but they get super lucky a couple of times. Yeah, but so, and like they make a big deal about how the fact that these androids, while superhuman normally, have to have, have uh, had all of theirs, like strength ability, like all their speed and strength and physical abilities dialed way down so they're compete at roughly the level of, of normal humans yeah. to the point that, like, one goal gets called back because the ref rules that, like, hey, you're operating in slightly more than normal human, or that at peak human ability there, buddy. That's, exactly. like, cheating. <clears throat> and then he has to go get taken out of the game and get his legs recalibrated. Exactly. So the final prog... Uh, uh, oh, but that's sort of some interesting world building, I guess, just mm. in terms of, like, what these androids mean and stuff like that. But so the final prog ends with Gruber smashing a red shirt hero, Chico, a lot of red shirts dying this, um, yeah. this month of progs, but just sort of Chico who's a hero. We don't really know that well mm. into the electrified goalpost of the aeroball court, instantly killing him. Yep. And, and giant being real myth. Yeah. Well, it's tough when your dudes get killed and you don't want that. <laughs> um, and we end on the cliffhanger with Gruber attaching a limpet mine to the game ball and just throwing it straight to Giant. What'll happen? Find out next time. Can the heroes prove their fame? Don't miss next week's thrilling game. You son of a bitch. <laughs> no, that's what it says there. That's fine. <laughs> the, uh, at the end of each story, of each thrill, um, there's like this text that sort of is, a, is usually like a t- stay tuned next week or maybe some sort of weird joke or something like that. A lot of the time for Harlem Heroes. Yeah. Like, and, or sometimes they're like old Tharg sayings about like robots or aliens or something like that. <laughs> I think next prog in issue 19, they're all going to be advertisements for Shaco. <clears throat> oh, awesome. Which is the replacement for Flesh. Oh, so excited. <laughs> Episode 5, Progs 19 to 23. July 1977. Thrill 4, Harlem Heroes. Ah, yes. So this time we continue the match against uh, Gorgon's Gargoyles, where Mm -hmm. the... And you'll you'll remember, Fox, that the star player for the Gargoyles has been replaced by murderous cyborg um, Gruber. Yep. Artie Gruber. Yeah. And so... We also ended with Gruber having put, like, a limpet mine on, on the game ball and mm. basically thrown it directly to Giant. So Giant would get the game ball, would steal the ball, and then try to go to score, but then blow up and stuff. But it turns out that instead, uh, red shirt Harlem hero Dale grabs the ball <laughs> instead and gets blown up real good. Yep, and as red shirts do, he does explode. It's true. So now with two players having died in this game... Uh, they offer for the, the the heroes to just quit the match, but they say no. We're gonna fight on, and they start playing real tough, like um, getting really angry and trying to do like physical harm to the gargoyles instead of scoring points. Yeah, M- much to the delight 
of the mysterious dude in the Dr. Claw chair uh, watching the uh, game being played. Because they start fighting amongst themselves. Yeah, that's true. Because like, Giant's like, hey, guys, we got to play, not just kill these guys. They're like, hey, but they killed two of our dudes. we got to get yeah. revenge. Come on, man. And uh, that leads us to the next prog. Yeah, in the next prog, then Lewis, the, uh, the brain in the jar member of the team, flies out and tries to calm everybody down and reveals that one of the gargoyles may in fact be Gruber. Gruber is soon revealed and pulls out a grenade, threatening both teams. Luckily, in the prog after that, a key peg to the face reveals Gruber to be reveals Gruber for who he really is, and the gargoyles like grab him and they all power dive into the floor of the arena, like yep. to try to commit suicide to take Gruber out as well. Although it doesn't work. Um, Gruber yep. survives and again swears revenge against the heroes as they head to Tokyo to face their next opponents, the Bushido Blades. Yeah, and it's this is this is a rough match. This is uh, it's a little intense. <laughs> yeah, in in Tokyo, the heroes find uh, find their playing greeted by a hostile crowd, as well as by a uh, Ulysses Cord, their sort of semi financial benefactor, who offers them uh, new equipment, which is like like spiked gear and like weapons and things like that. But they say no, we play clean. Call darn it. Yep, and then they shove the money back in his face on a knife. Exactly. Uh, meanwhile, we learn that the Bushido blades wear like full samurai armor and and wield a wooden kendo stick, stick or wooden kendo kendo swords. Yeah. When they uh, when they fight, <clears throat> and man, just the announcing for this whole match is super. This whole situation ends up being super pretty racist, really. Like they refer yeah. to the, they they refer to them as a, as a Japs constantly and stuff. It's it's no good. It's uh yeah they're kamikazes they um they like worry like, they do about so about like uh, like my honor has been besmirched and stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of just over racist stuff, which I wasn't really expecting out of this comic. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't think that a, <clears throat> a, a comic that's officially about like an, an all uh, black team would also be racist against other people. Like, yeah. That seems weird. Um, I mean, so fast forward through all like the really weird racist stuff, like a dude killing himself because he didn't score points. And then uh, another guy killing himself so that they could um, bring on re- replacement players instead of being on, instead of the heroes being on a power play, basically. Yeah. Um, the, so ba- basically the, we finish the progs with the blades up 2-1 versus the heroes. And we end with Lewis, the uh, again, the brain in the jar member of the team, doing some kind of psychic wh- uh, mind whammy on Ulysses' cord <laughs> to reveal some kind of secret. What kind of secret? Uh, we'll, we'll see in a later prog, I guess. I don't know. I, it, it's, the, it's the cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> so Lewis now has psychic powers <laughs> yeah well i mean you know when you're a brain in a jar you got to do something it's like how if you're blind you develop all your other senses you know <laughs> but if you don't have any senses because you're a brain in a jar you develop mental powers this is pretty <laughs> obvious to me fox i don't know <laughs> like that's that's just the math buddy uh, uh, all right <laughs> anyhow that's, that's uh, all right episode seven Progs 24 to 27. August 1977. Thrill to Harlem Heroes. 
And it's the grand finale of Harlem Heroes this week. Oh, jeez. And, uh, well, I'll let you talk about it. Oh. I have thoughts. <laughs> so we start with uh, Lewis, the brain-in-the-jar member of the Heroes, uh, mind-whammying Ulysses Cord with an image of evil cyborg Gruber. Cord's nervous system is clogged with fear. So it appears that they're linked or something, but whatever, uh, you yeah, know. It's very strange. <laughs> yeah, we got to finish up with the Bushido Blades. The heroes use some ridiculous tactics, like pretending to be afraid of the blades and then going for a steal, or tricking the enemy team into smashing into into the wall full speed, killing most of the team. <laughs> The heroes win 7-2, and they're through to the Arrow Ball final. Oh, yes. They come head-to-head with some very intense-looking Teutonic dudes. Yeah, that's their opponent, the uh, Teutonic <clears throat> Knight, the Teutonic Titans, I should say, who have uh, coffee can helmets and these tiny little shields that say TT on them. <laughs> <laughs> it's adorable. <laughs> uh, the heroes are worried about Kord's loyalty, and they think of a plan. Uh, they're, they're, the Aeroball Stadium is robbed, and all their equipment is stolen. Oh, no! And so Giant asks Cord for new equipment, and they soon get it. But we learn from Ulysses Cord's thoughts that if his new equ- equipment does the job, the Titans Stadium will be the hero's coffin. What a Yeah. So uh, the heroes and the Titans face off as... Cord roots for the heroes' jetpacks to explode. They're full of booby traps. Oh no! Yeah, the Titans play hard and the heroes play smart, and the score is one-one at halftime. With most of the team at um, with most of the team kind of injured, and at least two of them seriously injured. Because they're getting smashed with shields and stuff. It's not. Yeah, Cord's worried that the jetpacks haven't exploded yet, especially with giant. Well, uh, when Giant walks up to, uh, to toward him with a smoking jetpack, Cord cuts and runs, and Giant is in close pursuit. Which is it ends with the, yeah, it ends with Giant grabbing Cord and pulling him up by the collar as Cord admits everything on live TV that he rigged the, the jetpacks and stuff. Um, he says he wants the heroes to win because their relatively non-violent style of play has made Aeroball boring and unpopular. Like it's just not violent enough. <laughs> Raiders, uh, man. Cord, yeah, he, he needs blood. Cord is then arrested, but the team, mu- but you know, but the game must go on. Uh, at the last second, the heroes win the match, but not before uh, non-red shirt team members Harry and Conrad King are both killed in the course of the game. No, the end seems to imply that only giant sl- that a uh, giant Slim and Zach are the only surviving members of the team. Which, you know, counterpoint to what Cord said, that doesn't seem super nonviolent. Like, most of the team died this this match. Most of the other team died last match. Like, most of the of the bonsai bashers killed themselves flying into that wall and stuff to the point that, like, they had to play on, like, a, that, like the, the heroes won on, like, a 7-3 power play, basically, because everyone else was dead. Like, there's a lot of people dying in these games. It's a it is a non trivial amount, and not to mention the random cyborgs that'll shoot around and blow shit up. Yeah, I uh, mean, and just in general endanger everyone's life. Yeah, I mean, just I mean, being there. I mean, I know I'm a I'm I'm a wuss from 35 years in the past from this comic, 
But even one person dying in the course of a game seems like a non-trivial amount. <laughs> a lot of people are dying. You know? <laughs> All right. <What>? Have, uh, <laughs> I, don't know how, I don't know how much violence he wants. You know? Oh, I mean, obviously, this amount is considered childish. This like, it seems, it seems like a non-supportable amount of violence, frankly. <laughs> I mean, everybody wants to I mean, play Aeroball, man. Yeah, you must I mean, get paid if, nuts. Yeah, unless you, unless you, you know, unless you don't want to have a league, like you just can't have three quarters of every team die every in every match. You think that they just have really amazing like life insurance policies, and they get paid very little? Hmm, maybe it's hard to tell. We don't really see any of these guys in in their civilian lives, you know. Yeah, I'm actually kind of curious about. <laughs> About the structure of Aeroball. Fuck me. This isn't interesting. Uh, so, Jesus. I, this, this, I hated how it ended. Oh, yeah? I did. Just with everybody, with these three guys, sort of be like, oh, everybody else is dead, but we won. We won it for these dead guys. All right. I mean, there's just a lot. So, it just, even the way that uh, the, like, it just turned out that it was um, this dude all along. Uh, really, it just bothered me a lot. Like, Ulysses Cord is <clears throat> the obvious bad guy, and I know that's what I was going for. You got me really hooked on the brain. brain yeah, I'm part. sorry about that. <laughs> um, that said, uh, it's not like the entire comic was, like, whatever, like, bad. It was mm-hmm. pretty much the last two progs where, it, you know, they've only got so many pages, which is pretty rare. Like, they only had four pages for the last episode. Yeah. And it it's just really cut and dry. It's over quick. I think they're yeah. Just trying it to feels kind of rushed. Like they're yeah. really ready to get done with this one and get on to the next one because the final only had two. Only had like two episodes. Like the game was like two progs, and we've seen games previously that were like four progs. Yeah, exactly. And these guys are like huge, and like there's tons of stuff that could have happened. They could have unraveled this so much more slowly and still ended mm-hmm. on that note, right? Like I don't know. Just felt it, it felt really strange for like a, a comic that's been so thoughtful in mm-hmm. its execution prior. For sure. Uh, that yeah. said, plenty of plenty of great action. Like really, <laughs> really good action shots out of this one. Like even on the I don't know, when they're just doing a lot of like sweet maneuvers around people, there's just a lot of detail going on. Also, man, the art styles were so different almost prog to prog. Like there mm-hmm. are some very intense uh, like I don't know if you noticed or if or maybe yeah I think the thing. art changes a little bit I <clears> think <throat> between between like Prague twenty four and Prague or no sorry between Prague twenty five and Prague twenty six I think the artist changes mm. that's and what actually, it seems like to me I I was actually looking at twenty six it it's there's this shot where they're all kind of getting bandaged up you know mm-hmm. um, really like it it's got like its own kind of flair. Um, it feels very 1970s. If that makes <laughs> sense. <clears throat> like I, I don't know. Like a, it was a really good shot. I just think it's really cool looking. That said, uh, I don't have much to say other than this. It was over sure. so quickly, and it that feels like a bad breakup or like a rough breakup. Oh, you know, it's just we're just going on a short one. Uh, we'll be back in I think two episodes of our show with. The, with uh, the res- with, with the three surviving Harlem heroes in their new game, Inferno, which has motorcycles. It'll be fun. 
Oh yeah, no, no, no. I'm, actually, I'm pretty excited, but I'm, I'm guessing that's why they sort of just pushed through this really quickly, mm, which makes I sense. Guess. Like if they're already kicking around that idea, which they launched two months afterwards, right? Yep. Like that's that's pretty quick to get back on. Yeah, for sure. Oh yeah, them Harlem heroes. The surviving heroes would return in Frog 36 with the controversial Inferno storyline, where motorcycles and grappling hooks were added to the jetpacks, and then things got weird. There's also the new Harlem heroes in the 90s, but let's just enjoy the classics while we ha- while we can until we get there. Um, also, Team Leader Giant continues to appear now and then in the pages of Judge Dredd, where his son is, of course, a great ally for Old Stony Face himself, as seen in the Judge Cal saga. So, my top Harlem Heroes moments. I've mentioned it before previously here, but uh, the front pages in each episode really give the artists a chance to shine. Examples of this are like the Transatlantic Tunnel or the Museum of Sport, both of which are huge, detailed images that really allow Gibbons to create a world that the heroes live in. Next is the reveal of Artie Gruber and his murderous intent. Gruber's such like an evil, uncontrollable beast that he projects real menace when he uh, appears and takes on the heroes. And finally, the character of Lewis, just in general. I'm a big fan of brains in, of brains in a jar, but there's a philosophical concept and as a science fiction character. <laughs> Lewis is a top brain in a jar, and I appreciate his jar-based work. <laughs> While not as flashy as, say, Judge Dredd, Flasher, Invasion, I really appreciate Harlem Heroes for establishing a mold for sports comics in 2000 AD and for being a stalwart, stalwart early thrill, pulling things along as the progs were getting their footing right. Harlem Heroes was also one of the two thrills that had a continuing storyline from its start, along with Flesh. And I, and I think it's really great that it has just a beginning, a middle, and an end, finishing with resolving the mystery from Prague 1 and the heroes winning the cup, instead of just being random, ep, random epis, episodic stuff um, in the way that Dread, Mach 1, and yeah, even Invasion were. <laughs> uh, we were down on the end of the Harlem Heroes at the time, just how, that, ha, how the story ended. But I think now that we've seen some more 2080 thrills, I know my opinion of the finale has lightened up considerably. Heroes are fun. Great early prog. Go, go, heroes forever. And that's it for our episode. I hope you enjoyed it and our coverage of the Harlem Heroes. You can find Space Spinner 2000 on iTunes, Stitcher, the Google Play Store, or on our podcast site at Cradleline.com. Feel free to contact us at spacespinner 2000 at gmail.com on the 2080 forums or on our Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. On Twitter, we're at SpaceSpinner2K. For everything else, look up SpaceSpinner2000, and we should be there. And to everyone out there, thanks for listening to the SpaceSpinner2000 collection. We'll be back next week as Fox returns, and we talk about the greatest threat to thrill power ever, our least favorite thrills in 2000 AD. Oh, it's going to be great. Colony Earth, Death Planet, Angel, even the greatest monster of them all, Rick Random. Until then, I'm Conrad, and this has been the Space Spinner 2000 collection for the Harlem Heroes. Spun Dig for Thrig! 